Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's October 4th, 2009. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination. Episode 136. This is no agenda. As we approach the vestibule of mass swine flu vaccinations, wear the nasal spray that won't kill you. Coming to you from the minimum security containment cell in Gitmo Nation, West San Francisco, California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And on the heels of another Saturday slaughter of the miserable cow bears here in northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Hey. Yeah. Hello. So I watched a football game yesterday. It was took away four hours of my life I'll never regain. Well, you know, you did the wrong thing because yesterday was the annual Lovelution Love Parade in this beautiful city of San Francisco. John, the city of love. Where were you? Never heard of the Lovelution Parade. When did that show up? Uh, it started six years ago. This was, this was the sixth time. This is a, it's a derivative of the Berlin Love Parade, and I think there was an, uh, maybe an Austrian Love Parade. Uh, you should have told me about it. I would have come over and watched it. Well, actually, a couple of times I thought you were actually in the parade. Because well, there, there are all these old naked dudes walking around. Yeah, did they have big giant schwanzes? <laughs> yes, in fact they did with huh. things with things hanging off of them. <laughs> it was great. It was, um, you know, it's, it sounds actually sounds rather disgusting. No, it's it's cool because it's all about the love, and so. Uh, and six years. So what was going on six years ago? Well, it, and two thousand three. Yeah, it's the bottom of the of the last downturn. <laughs> well, there you go. It actually started on Second Street, so it was cool. And we, you know, we walked right out, and everyone is wearing you know crazy outfits, and so we bought a couple of uh, wigs. Sounds like Gay Parade too. It's kind of like Gay Parade, only not everybody's gay. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> and then. Uh, so we were walking around, and uh, the supper club, the supper club float came by. So uh, Mickey got us on that. And so we rode all the way up to um, the Civic Center, which was it was like a huge rave. That entire square, which is it's beautiful, by the way. With is that the Senate Building? Is that what they call it? City Hall with a dome on it. Is that the is yeah. that oh, City Hall? That's just City Hall. Wow. Yeah, City Hall is no Senate. It's San Francisco. It's a city. Don't they have a Senate in San Francisco? They should. <laughs> well, it's modeled after the, uh, uh, it's the Capitol those, building. It looks yeah. a bit like the Capitol building. Yeah, it's actually quite pretty. Oh, no, it's San Francisco was built around a, a theory years and years ago when they when the city was um, formulated that every city should have a building like that. And so you know, it looks like a little bit of Washington D.C. in that that that, in area. that area. Yeah, it does. It and does. they have the you know these various types of federal type buildings, and then a square uh, that. Is nobody goes to because it's not a town square. It's kind of a it's kind of a government square. Oh, during the day, it's totally dead, and it's really weird because you have these streets where you have two lanes going one way and one lane coming the other way. So uh, invariably, guys like me are like, "Oh, I'm just going to get in the left hand lane to turn left," which of course means I'm going exactly against traffic for people coming around the corner. It's a very very weird square. But there and, were uh, 100,000 people there yesterday. Well, it would probably be lively if there were people there. Generally speaking, there's nobody there except uh, hobos and panhandlers <laughs> and, and drug and yes, dealers. Well, yesterday we had homos and drug dealers, but no panhandlers. <laughs> oh, hobos. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> uh, hobos yeah, and drug does. dealers, and it's pretty. It's kind of pathetic. And uh, there's a number of books written on the on the topic of these failed uh, civic centers like that, like San Francisco's, which have ne- never evolved into anything. Like if you go to Europe and you go, almost every old town in Europe that was built in the you know any from the 1600s on or from the 1300s on you always find this little square surrounded by restaurants and cafes and uh, you go in there and you can and there's usually the squares filled with tables and or things going on there's usually yeah, like like in Amsterdam you have that you have it in uh in Berlin you have it in uh, Paris has multiple squares like that i guess yeah, and and, there, and there's a lot of activity going on. San Francisco, which is the, <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> there's nothing. This guy's like on typical, skateboards. <laughs> it's typical of the not even that. It's typical of the uh, American attempt to, uh, without understanding, the American attempt to to artificially create these situations. But that said, that that uh, city hall building is still quite pretty. It's a beautiful building, and and when you have that, um, took a lot of pictures, so I'll, I'll get some of them up here and there. Um, when you see a hundred thousand people on the square, and you see you know people that they, they were shooting gold confetti with g- confetti guns into the air, I mean it looked really really pretty. Oh, yeah, the- littering. Yeah, <laughs> yes, littering. Uh, you are the buzzkill, man. It was it was a love illusion, John. You know where people just thought about love. It's the currency of the twenty first century. Get with it. 2003, yeah, I see what's going on. A lot of uh, ecstasy uh, being sold in 2003. Yeah, I have to say that has not gotten any better. There was a lot of that going on this year as well. Hi, man. I love you, you, man. I totally love you. Hey, this is great. Don't you like the confetti? So, uh, yeah, too bad. I missed it. Oh, well. They have a lot of events like that in San Francisco. But the funniest thing was... It's always the same people, I might add. Well, it's the same people, though. I did hear from multiple people uh, that there were more naked people walking around this year than usual. Which, of course, let's just be honest. Naked guys, not a good look. Period. No matter what. Unless you're, you know, unless you're really cut. As in, uh, you work out a lot. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, most of these guys cut. How come these guys, by the way, how come they, there's not a, just massive arrests and, well, well, uh, and then people get put on the sexual offender list? Well, in fact, guys were walking around with signs naked saying nudity is not a crime. And, I, and they were not getting arrested. And I have to say, for these United States of America, I thought that was a pretty big deal. I'm like, huh, wow, that's I, I, I totally expected them to get arrested and thrown on the sex offender list. But they weren't. Yeah, well, maybe next it's, time. Maybe it's because they, they spray-painted their bodies gold. Oh, brother. Maybe, maybe, that's the, <laughs> maybe that's the trick. So I got up extra early this morning thinking I would uh, pull off a couple of clips off of my DVR. And I was very happy that I checked email beforehand uh, because we, uh, you had already pulled the clips that I was about to pull. Because apparently we both forced ourselves once again. You thought the football game was bad. We forced ourselves to watch Bill Maher on Friday night. Yeah. Even I was going, oh, my God. And it wasn't yeah. so much even Bill Maher until the end, and you pulled the exact clip I was going, going to pull. We'll get to that. But on this program, Janine Garofalo. 
Oh, what a what who, what a tool! Who was coked out? I might add. Oh, you, I I noticed that too. Oh That's my funny. god! She kept going to her nose. No. You know, there's a thing that giveaways people that just keep rubbing their nose, touching their nose, and trying and, to get and that. She was shaking. Little... She was shaking, John. The whole first segment, her 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 head was shaking. Her hands were shaking. She kept like rubbing the top of her nose, the bottom of her nose. I'm like, girl, you are so coked out right now. And I think B- Mil, uh, Bill Maher knew it. Because he he was not like fawning over her as usual, but also probably because she took her. Uh, we have to find a word for it. When you incite racism the way she did, there's got to be a description for that. There's got to be one descriptive word for it. Yeah, well, you know, he. All, she, I think would annoy, and he actually glared at her a couple of times because she. He was going on with one of his bits that was obviously written. He's got mm-hmm. ten writers, well, nine including him. Yeah. I mean, not ten including him, nine total. Um, ten total, actually, nine. Well, never mind. In the chat room, new so, title: Coke, Coke time with Bill Maher. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so he gave her the look because he was working on this a couple of things shtick that he was going on, and she jumps in and yeah. interrupts him and yeah. tells him he's full of crap. And it's something else. You know, she her an- analysis of the world, was, which is crazy. I mean, you people call me crazy. She's completely nuts. And and I don't I don't know what happened, how this came about because I kind of used to like her. You know, she was a pretty funny comedian. She had a kind of a vibe going on there, and uh, you know the dikiness. I kind of you know, that you know how that kind of attracts me in a way. But then she just she just went off the deep end, man. It's like they put a chip into her head or something. And yeah, no, she's definitely. Uh, is it Garofalo one? Is that the one where she goes off on uh, on the racism stuff? Probably. I haven't, I haven't, lis- I haven't listened to the clip, so it. I just presume that that's. It. Also, I'd like to say that that you know it's obvious to I think anybody who has eyes in in this country that the teabaggers, the nine twelvers, these uh, separatist groups that pretend that it's about policy, they are clearly white identity. Movements. They are clearly white power movements. That was so huge when I heard that. I mean, that's like calling people skinheads. And I mean, white power movement. That that's pretty severe to call someone that. Yeah, when we're talking about a bunch of housewives. Yeah, with with signs like "End the Fed." Oh yeah. What they don't like about the president is that he's black or half black, which they and listen to the crowd. And they, they, they will. Uh, what, what also is shocking is that people keep pretending that that's not really the case with these people. I'm not, oh, now she comes after us, John. I'm not talking about people that do have problems with his policy. That that's not. That's fine. Oh, okay, we're fine. But these people who are also being led by the Glenn Becks, Michelle Bachmans, the Rush Limbaugh's, whomever, they are no different than any other white identity movement that's part of our history. This has been going on since the founding of this country, that, that white power movements have tried to establish themselves and hold on to power. The, the white power movements since the, since the founding of this country? I thought I thought they had it all under lock and key at the time. Didn't we have like uh, slaves? <laughs> we didn't need idiot. a white power movement. Yeah, we had a white power movement since the founding. Yeah. So since you know, uh, Rush Limbaugh addressed this uh, nonsense uh, not a, since the show, but but during the week he said because this racism thing keeps cropping cropping up. He says, have it, hasn't any of the have, have not any of these people noticed that the right wing conservatives go after Harry Reid and Nancy Pelosi in who particular are, who are white. more than they do Obama? Yeah. 
more than they do. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is like a huge target. But once again, you know, this is this is the most dangerous thing to do is to is to say that people are racist. What is the definition of racism, John? The actual textbook definition? I'd have to look it up, but it t- tends to be someone who is bigoted toward a race other than their own. <sighs> definition of racism. We might as well do it. But uh, I think if you're holding up a sign that says "End the Fed," you may be, you know, overly White hopeful. You might, you may be overly hopeful because we don't want the, the those. The Fed is obviously run by a bunch of I don't know. They're white guys. White <laughs> white guys. Uh, okay. Well, interesting. So, according to um, what is this? Merriam-Webster's online dictionary, which I guess is pretty good. It's as good as any. The word um, dates from. 1933, that's not since the founding of our country. Uh, Definition one, a belief that race is the primary determinant of human traits and capacities and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. Hmm. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) I don't fit it. Whatever that description is. It's just crazy. It's just really, It's and it's irritating. And if that's her message... Screw her. She's a racist. She's a pig. No, no. I, I, I don't, I don't see where you get that. That she's a racist. Well, she's the one that seems to be well, not based on that definition, but based on the fact that she keeps bringing it up. She's racially interested in in, in the, her her view of the world is based on race. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, that's a very good point. Her, she's the one that is looking at black and white. And not, at, and not at issues. And in fact, I don't think once she said anything about pure issues, it was all about, oh, they're racist. Oh, they don't like the president because he's a black man. Jesus Christ. This is the conversation you would have hoped we wouldn't have to have in 2009. This is you know, exactly the, it. They, you know, she's the one bringing it up. I yeah. never... It's not the conservatives have very rarely said anything about it. In fact, most people who are Republicans, I I think I can speak for them on this basis, always believe that the first black president was going to be a Republican. You know, and they're the ones who's the ones with Clarence Thomas was a Republican. And but these same people were like all over him. uh, You know, and it seems to me that they're the ones. So we're actually the racist. And if you take a look at the typical liberal out there, you know, that ones in, say, in Palo Alto, they won't move next to a black person. And how come no Does one was... Buffalo sa- live next, you know, live in a mixed neighborhood? I doubt no, it. I doubt that. You're right. But, uh, you know, where where were these cries of racism when, uh, when hey, Bush... mentioned had, wh- to these people, Obama won the election. Hello. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Doesn't that count for something? Doesn't that mean something? <laughs> Yeah, but how about Condoleezza Rice? How about uh, Colin Powell? I never heard anyone say anything. Well, you know, people because you know th- there were people going straight up in the in the in no, Congress, you, straight up into Condoleezza Rice's face and yelling at her. You know, there, there's a huge backlash amongst the liberals against any black person who doesn't toe the line and become a Democrat. I mean, the, the blacks that are out there, and there's plenty of them, lots of them, as a matter of fact, who are Republicans who've gotten a clue, or or even conservatives, and they are are just treated like crap. Yeah. Because oh yeah yeah right because they have to be because they're Democrat. not acting like you know slaves. Yeah. I mean I'm telling you it's the liberals that are the racist. <laughs> All right, you're uh, you're kind of cutting in and out. Do you think that's a router thing? 
Uh, no, not at this place. Oh, okay. It's and then something we, else. And then we have uh, Garofalo on Dubai. I, I vaguely remember what this was oh, about. Oh, yeah. Play this one. I don't think it's about the sex or the eroticism. It's about foreign policy decisions. It may be some inner turmoil about the sexuality, but there's far oh. more sexualized cultures around the world. They could go to Dubai, for Christ's sake, Brazil. Dubai? <laughs> what the hell? I don't. What is she saying? She is making the implication that Dubai is some sort of wide open party town. She's obviously never been there. The women are covered wait a head minute, wait a minute. to are you, toe. Are you sure she wasn't saying the opposite? No, no, that's why she said Brazil. Let, let, me, let, me, let me listen to this. I don't think it's about the sex or the eroticism. It's about foreign policy decisions. It may be some inner turmoil about the sexuality, but there's far oh. more sexualized cultures around the world. They could go to Dubai, <laughs> for I say, Brazil. <laughs> I have been to Dubai. Let me tell you. I've uh, been to no, Dubai. Uh, no. <laughs> that's crazy. She's got her head up her ass. Yeah. Let me play. You have a clip from the last week because I want to play another interesting. The way these people slip in, like information that's inaccurate or, or flawed or stereotypical, is kind of bothers. Is getting is bothering me more and more. Can you find the clip? Um, you have the list of the clips from last week. Yeah, I have uh, Emmys, uh, Lieberman on NYC, FBI, linoleic acids. Thank you for calling, Mr. Benton. Too many agencies. White supremacist. Yeah, play that one. Okay, hold well, on. Let me, let me set it up. Yeah, okay, go. There's been a bunch of uh, shows on the History Channel and some elsewhere uh, talking about uh, gangs, and in this case, it was about, I think, skinheads or hate groups or something like that. And so they're discussing some character who was, I don't know if he's the Ku Klux Klan or, or some something or other. I mean, it, see, it was rather innocuous, but a woman comes in in the middle of this guy discussing, uh, this guy's doing a background on this one person who's basically complaining about the the number of illegal aliens in southern Arkansas. And this woman comes in who's, who, you know, you know, the entire uh, liberal front is, you know, for some reason, and I, I, I can't explain explain it thinks it's okay for illegal aliens to just take over the jobs of people that were normally in unions there's a, there's actually an anti-union kind of a, a, th a thing going on with the liberals and I, I can't figure out why and, and one of the things they've done is they've they've kind of restructured the debate including the, the one i find the most offensive since i was around during this period and Again, I'll remind people that I was actually a union organizer, technically. Ah, you were a member of ACORN. <laughs> no. SEIU. <laughs> no, but actually we did get screwed by the SEIU. Ah. All right, so what's your point? Uh, anyway, the point is, is that they would say things like, all of a sudden Cesar Chavez was bringing into the, brought into the debate as someone who would be for all the, you know, these poor illegals. We, you know, we populate our country with aliens and we need more and all that sort of thing when this is really just a, 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 a scam by a big business to get cheap labor. The fact is, Cesar Chavez was dead set against this sort, this illegal alien thing, because he was unionizing the American, Mexican Americans in this country that were farm workers. It was the farm workers union, and he didn't like the idea that they were bringing in braceros and illegals and all the rest of this to screw these people. But somehow they've twisted it, so somehow in some imaginary world, Cesar Chavez would be for this. And there's a there's just a comment by this woman in this in this one piece, which I'm sorry, I'm beating this up too much that just just made me irked play it 
Roper focuses his hate on the changes in his hometown of Russellville, Arkansas. Arkansas has seen a rapid increase in its Latino population during the last two decades. Really, this part of rural Arkansas looks no different from Southern California now. And it's like this in Iowa, it's like this in Georgia, anywhere you have these big meat processing plants, they brought in the illegals and it's really transformed the entire communities in these different states that before were almost entirely white. It's been a rapid transformation. I mean, the only thing more rapid was maybe the Visigoths transforming Rome. But that's what's happening here, it's an invasion by another name. We have a long history that Mexican and Chinese immigrants built the railroad. Hold it! <laughs> Mexican and, and Chinese, Chinese immigrants, immigrants built the railroads? Yeah, in the, in, in the Lucky Luke cartoons, maybe. What Mexican immigrants built the railroads? Actually, most of the railroads, they were still at, not quite, but we you know, had a war with Mexico in 1840. Weren't they built by slaves and chain gangs? No, they were built by, no, they weren't. They Mel were Brooks. built by Mel Irish Brooks. immigrants. Irish immigrants built this part in the east, and the Chinese immigrants built the part in the west. There were no Mexicans involved. So why did he just gratuitously throw this in? This is the kind of thing that's going on, and I find it extremely annoying. You know, when, uh, when Christine and I visited San Francisco State University, you know that they have a Cesar Chavez Hall? Who? This, the university. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I was like, huh. Anyway, more of this? Nah, that's good. That's enough. Um, Mexicans built the railroad. Let's take a little bit of an interlude, John. We just need to catch our breath here for a second. It's very important. We have a message for you. With rabid agenda virus, it seems like my life is split in two. There's the life I'm told to live, according to Fox News, Ah, and the life I'm told to live, according to... I have the other one, too. I like this one better. You don't like the one with the dog bark? I, I can do the other one, too. Let me do both. All right, play it over. And, and besides, that one starts to skip at the end, and it sounds all crappy. Did you do that? Did you do the mix down? Yeah, I mixed it down so it would be hyper tight. Yeah, it sucks. Oh, thanks for nothing. With rabid agenda virus, it seems like my life is split in two. There's the life I'm told to live, according to Fox News, and the life I'm told to live, according to MSNBC. Fortunately, there's no agenda. No agenda can help relieve the nattering nabobs of negativism and stop misinformation. Because no agenda enhances your perception, it may lower your ability to be brainwashed by the mainstream media. Serious, sometimes fatal events, including fractals, avoidance of Monsanto agricultural products, hitting people in the mouth, and social labels such as crackpot and buzzkill have occurred. Before starting no agenda, your doctor should test you for alertness in the morning. Also, tell your doctor if you live in Gitmo Nation. Don't start no agenda if you have a .gov website or if your name is Taylor Swift. Tell your doctor if you have experienced word repetition such as jobs, 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 and jobs. Ask your doctor if no agenda is right for you. Help bridge the gap between real news and nothing to see here. You will obey. obey. Who is that, John? Who did that? Uh, that was uh, that's, that's phenomenal. What a great voice she has. Yeah, Jennifer. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have to. Unfortunately, I have to concentrate on pronouncing your name correctly. 
<laughs> Chocholacek. Jennifer Chocholacek. Now the uh, which I, I I think is how you pronounce your last name. That's great. But, but if you don't, you don't have to play the other version. Play the other guy's version because that one's pretty funny too. With rabbit that right. oh, That's not the one. This one. Yeah. Here we go. Hold on. Wait. Wait. Anyway, she yeah she did that uh, uh, using a cheap mic. Unfortunately, I think. But it she, sounded great. What are you talking about? I liked it a lot. I didn't like your version because it's it sounded like bits were being cut out at the end. Did you even listen to it? It's been <laughs> yeah. Go play the other guys. Where does ignorance hurt? Everywhere. Who does ignorance hurt? Everyone. Ignorance is a lack of intelligence and apathy towards gaining knowledge. False notions, media indoctrination, and attraction to celebrity gossip programs are all signs of this disorder. No agenda is a prescription that treats the mental and physical symptoms of ignorance. Notify your practitioner if you notice an increase of violent thoughts about punching people in the mouth. <laughs> No agenda lowers your resistance to conspiracy theorism and may cause a dangerous increase of black helicopters in your immediate area. Common side effects are lucidity, pragmatism, constipation, paranoia, and dry mouth. Please contact your doctor immediately if you experience doubt in modern media outlets, as this may be a sign of a serious but rare side effect of no agenda exposure leading to an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not use no agenda if you are pregnant or nursing. Ask your nearest government or healthcare official if no agenda is right for you. Ignorance hurts. No agenda can help. <laughs> That's the Snyderman, I think. The uh, yeah, that was a good one. Now that anyone who wants to give us one of these, we'll play them if they're remotely good. Yeah, and uh, those both were good. And, but make them forty-five seconds or one. Well, yeah, because this actually would have uh, been would have required a special ad buy because it was one fifteen. So it would have required uh, an, a, a two ad units and half an ad unit. So it uh, it was a little bit long. But this does lead us to a project that we're working on on resurrecting the the no agenda stream. Um, into something a little more interesting, uh, such as putting a whole bunch of shows on there uh, that uh, that are kind of along the same vibe, either our show specifically, um, uh, the Horowitz show you do. We're going to put up uh, what other, a couple other good shows. We're basically going to make a full-time radio stream, I guess. And these would run in between uh, programming as spots. Right, <laughs> as, actual, as actual commercials, and, and, I, and I might as well say right right now before we forget about it, we need someone to help us with that so that we can actually you know because we have a lot of good ideas, we have like zero initiative, and we get nothing done. So uh, we've discussed uh, taking some money out of the I get nothing done. <laughs> taking we get some the show done. Yeah, that's about it. Getting some uh, taking some money out of the kitty and paying someone to actually upload all this stuff. You know, we'll give you the access to the stream so that you can uh, program it in and uh, and basically make that thing fun to listen to. So whenever you tune into it, there's going to be something fresh or something new or probably something you haven't heard on it, and just something you can dip into once in a while, like uh, I don't know, like a radio station. Duh. Right, without going through a rigmarole. Yeah. You just so, type in noagendastream.com and you're there. Yeah. So. Um, Although I'd like to have something even simpler, like, you know, just call letters. Well, that, I mean, noagendastream.com makes sense. You, I mean, that makes sense. That's just no, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't mean the only thing where you, you, you can have 10 different entries. You don't have to have just the one. Right. 
So uh, send us an email if you're interested in managing that project, and uh, and we will actually uh, pay you. Not very much. Well, not very much based on the kind of numbers we got this last week. Since it turns out that uh, we're so dependent on iTunes, it's pretty pathetic. Oh, you know, we there was something that, that messed up somehow, and 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 iTunes cashed like a four hundred four instead of our feed, and you know we've been calling Apple and sending them messages, and God knows what they're doing over there. But if something hiccups somewhere in the system, it's like they cash stuff for maybe a week. I don't know, but yeah, you're right. Uh, no downloads for you. It's been uh, it's been pretty sad. Of course, the uh, the fact is, you know, my wife hasn't picked up the show for the last two or three weeks. She's been listening to the Michelle Malkin book on tape. Oh God! Wait a minute. Let me do one. Oh brother! So, uh, which, by the way, sounds like a pretty good piece of work. But you know, Malkin style is uh, is not. What so it she has actually replaced this fine piece of audio programming for Michelle Malkin's audio book. And why does it take her two weeks to listen to it? She only listens to it when she's driving uh, Jay to school. Well, why? Well, why doesn't she just listen? I mean, this is she an only outrage. listens to our show when she's in the car. Uh, divorce her. <laughs> this has got to end. How do you spell that? D i v o r c e. All right, one more clip from uh, from Bill Maher because um, just to wrap okay, it but up. A, what was the what's the one on there that uh, the, well, here's the one that that we talk about a couple of times. Actually, I think I've got two more clips. From yeah, Maher. you have. You have Fried, You want to do Friedman as well? I'm a little done with Maher, but the, but this. No, clip, let's no, let's do the two Maher things. Get them out of the way. Okay. We don't do them that much. Let's do Friedman first. Okay, Friedman, Friedman. Here's the one. Of course, this is the one. This is the meme that we're concerned about on the show, which is the one that keeps bringing up that the. Uh, uh, assassination of a president in such a way that I find it distressing that it's even discussed. And I always thought you weren't even supposed to talk about stuff like this based on the the laws. But it keeps coming up in the conversation, and it's very annoying. And here it is again. And this is by Tom Friedman, who's a columnist for the New York Times. And I'm reminded of the story where uh, that uh, Gina Smith told me once when she was graduating from college, she had a journalism degree, and the CIA approached her to become a writer for a newspaper. Uh, and she was supposed to go work for a newspaper and then every so often she would have to put a story in there or she'd have to do something. She was like on the kind of going to be on the government payroll at the same time. And I believe there's a bunch of people like that out there. And when certain people seem to be uh, who I don't there's certain people. I can't say, you know, which one's for sure, but they're always in the right place at the right time under certain weird circumstances. And then they, they do these memes. And this one really bothers me. Yeah, I'm not saying that Friedman's a CIA guy. No, but Friedman is the guy who writes about it. What is it? The, the, the world is flat. And now it's like the world is yeah, a flat, a crowded book. place. And, and by the way, my by girlfriend way, is, is this, flat. It's like everything's flat with this guy. This, 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 uh, was prefaced by uh, Marr, who was skeptically saying, you know, you never write about the, you're, you're not the domestic policy guy. Why did you write this about, why did you write this column? It because the CIA told him to, John. You're absolutely right. Let's listen to him. You don't usually write about domestic politics. You wrote about this this week. Well, yeah, what worried me, Bill, um, I happened to have been in Israel when Yitzhak Rabin was assassinated. I'm uh, sorry, right before he was assassinated. Coincidence. And, um, uh, the- now, now, Yitzhak Rabin, wasn't he... Um- what did he get assassinated with? with that, was, was that the, the close-up gunshot? 
I think so, by the right-wing nut. Yeah, you're Coincidence? Right. I think not! There was uh, extremely ugly uh, characters of Rabin as a Nazi, um, uh, denunciations that he was a traitor, and um, uh, his opponents um, winked at that. Uh, and what no one recognized there at the time was that other people were listening. The, the molecules were being heated up, uh, and one of them, an extreme right-wing nationalist, took it as a message that there was a, a kind of license to kill. So why doesn't he stop fucking talking about it? He's the one heating up the molecules. That uh, God would be Got on it. his side, and so he did. And I wrote that column because um, you see the same thing. I, I've been I've been deeply concerned that when when you go to Facebook and you read about, and sure, only a tiny number of people went there. That there's a poll. And should someone kill the president? You know, um, yes, no, maybe. And that, that, by the way, I don't think was the actual title of the poll. Should someone kill the president? I don't think that's what it was. I think it was, you know, is there a chance of or something like that? I think he's he's already inciting shit just by by misnoming the the poll. If he takes away my health care, that's not funny anymore. And it certainly wasn't if he takes away my health care. Because um, you don't know what molecules are being heated. Well, that, that was written by a kid, though. Yeah, but, 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 there is, but Trent Franks, who's a congressman from Arizona, called Obama an enemy of humanity. What worries me, Bill, is it's a process of gradual just delegitimation, you know, and that's really, uh, I think, what, what people are trying to chip away here. You delegitimize them, and then ultimately you weaken them. And, and, um, uh, but what worries me is in in this crazy time, um, you never know who's listening. Yeah, exactly. Or who's watching the Bill Maher show. Freaking idiot. And then somewhere else in the program, they referred to this article written by John L. Perry on uh, Newsmax. Did you catch that? That was in that same segment. It was in the, I, yeah. I cut it out. It was just, there was like, I had to cut a bunch well, of sh- y- You cut that out, but uh, I went to Newsmax because I heard about this article that was like, wow, you know, this is something. Because John L. Perry was what? A, um, he was a high ranking politician, wasn't he? I don't know who he is. Yeah, no, I think he was like. Um, well, what did you find out about him? Well, the column has been taken down by Newsmax. Which I found interesting, but of course, this being the internet, uh, I found uh, a copy of it, and I saved it, John. Hey, uh, and what he uh, essentially wrote, I'll just. Oh, give and you by the-, the way, to interrupt you, I want to remind everybody: when you see a page that's kind of weird, yeah, save, save it, it, save page as, save page as. Uh, title of the column: Obama risks a domestic military intervention. Um, first two paragraphs, there's a remote, although gaining possibility, America's military will intervene as a last resort to resolve Obama's, the Obama problem. Don't miss it, don't dismiss it as unrealistic. America isn't the third world. If a military coup does occur here, it will be civilized. Though it has never happened, doesn't mean it won't. Describing what may be afoot is not to advocate it. So view the following through military eyes. And then he goes on. Uh, to cite a whole bunch of things about the Constitution, the right to bear arms, etc. And essentially what he's saying here is, you know, people could get so pissed off that there could be a military coup. They could basically make Obama, um, you know, kind of like a, a puppet, which ha- you see happen in many, many countries around the world where the military basically controls it. And I have to say, reading through this article... Yeah, it's possible, certainly knowing that the, there is a feud going on right now. And uh, Thomas Friedman, I would have to assert that he probably is on the CIA payroll. And they probably said, hey, man, why don't you stoke those molecules up a little bit? Why don't you tell everybody that it's good, man? Why don't you just go ahead and well, write Well, he did that, remind everybody article. about the Facebook thing, which I think a lot of people were not even aware of because it wasn't up that long. No. 
Um, now, by the way, I want to remind people out there, and I, we do have a reference on the blog about this, and I guess I could relink it. Uh, this was attempted, or there was a moderate attempt to do a military takeover of this country by the Democrats when Roosevelt was elected. John Perry is an award-winning newspaper editor and writer who served on White House staffs of two presidents. There you go. So he wasn't actually a political official, but he was in White House staff. And he talks about the bloodless coup. And uh, for, for that column to be taken down also told me something. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely weird. I don't like it. No. No, so I, don't, I don't like it either. So the last thing we'll do, and we're start, this will be the end of Mar for a long week. time, because for it's always time. the same. It's always the same. So the thing is, I was thinking as I was watching the show, and you were too, I'm thinking, well, where's his normal ageist, weird ageist, creepy ageist? Which, by the way, is no better or worse than racism. It's another ism. You can hate black people, you can hate white people, yellow people, red people, or old people. And I want to mention this, by the way, when this ran, they kept cutting to Garofalo, who was laughing her butt off. Yeah, oh, it's so she's funny. <laughs> she is an obvious ageist creep. Yeah. Play it. A coked out ageist creep. No, shut up, Grandpa. <laughs> this week, ancient pop singer Andy Williams announced he thinks Obama is a Marxist who wants the country to fail. And then he made Moon River in his diapers. <laughs> Actually, it's not so shocking Andy Williams says Obama's a communist. It's shocking Andy Williams is alive. He doesn't do shows. He has viewings. <laughs> you know, like a funeral. Anyway, new rule. Yeah, yeah and, and that bugs me. He couldn't get through a show without it. But this was, and, and I think they, they had a little uh, little uh, lower third there, coot. They called Annie Williams a coot. Yeah, coot. Yeah. So I, I, I just Epithet. don't think there's, you know, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing worse than an, it being an ism, ism of any kind. No, he's, he's obviously bigoted, and so is Garofalo, and they're bigoted against people that are older than they are. And, but it's ageism. It's just plain and simple. And it's funny because the left wing was always going on. You know, we always expected the left wingers to be, you know, to stick to a kind of a moral high ground on all these isms because they're the ones that make a big fuss about it. But boy, it didn't take long for them to turn on that one. No. And they don't even, you know, it's fine with them. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's funny. Against, I don't you know black oh, people Mexicans, I don't yeah, care about being yeah. hey, old. Yeah. yeah. Should be dead. Yeah, should you're be old, dead kill and useless. Yep. And of course that hits you a little harder than it hurts than it hits. Oh, of course. Me. I'm yeah. I'm feel I'm a target. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know what we do here on this show. It's very clear. The formula is damn simple. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And it really does work. We don't get paid a lot of money, but it does work. You know what's interesting is that we have enough memes in this show that it, it, there's a wiki page about the show which has oh, really them all a, listed. we have we have a Wikipedia page? <laughs> yeah, on oh, cool. isn't the No Agenda wiki page oh, and cool. it's got all our memes are listed. It's pretty humorous I actually. Like it. I like oh it. yeah, but the show is is like a stereotype. So meanwhile, while we're all obsessed with Bill Maher and of course uh, we need to take a serious shot of two to the head of No Agenda to get us out and assassinate the media, a little thing happened over in Europe which you may have heard about, John, namely the Irish 
voted yes in round two of the Lisbon Treaty. Yep, we blogged it. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, I, I didn't see it uh, spread wide uh, across the universe. No, it was a miracle we found out about it. <laughs> um, and I can kind of tell you what's going to happen now. And this, is, this has been the, the setup. So now, I guess now we have Poland and the Czech Republic. Who yeah, have those to, are the two holdouts. They, now, they've already, I guess they only have to ratify it. And then, uh, and, and then they're good to go. But you do know what's going to happen politically. You do know who's waiting in the wings to become president of the European Union, don't you? Who? Tony Blair. Tony Blair. Yeah, Tony Blair. He, he will become the president of Europe, and we'll have Obama as the president of the United States, and it's going to be beautiful. It's all going to be fine. <laughs> Please continue your shopping experience. Everything is good. Everything is okay. They're fucked over there. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it's a form of. It's, it'll be interesting to see how the Germans uh, handled all this over the long haul. What do you mean, the Germans? Well, the Germans and the French, I can't see how they can put up with this. No, they kind voted of thing. Merkel back in. And by the yeah, way, the, you know, I. Well, that is pretty dumb. Merkel is like this, the blandest person in history over there. Are they using voting machines uh, in the EU? Do they use voting machines in. Uh, I don't know. Maybe one of our listeners in Germany can tell us. I bet you, I, you know, I still have a. A huge distrust of voting machines, and uh, and I think uh, I think there's a lot of well, we know that they're hackable. We know that there's manipulation possible, uh, but to see a twenty percent increase in the yes vote all of a sudden, I mean, literally within what a year of the no vote. Yeah, it makes no sense at and, all. And all it is is just it's only delayed plans by a year because it was a year ago. It was like, oh, we have to have this done by October. It has to be done by October. Now, of course, they wanted it to happen by October because they knew that the entire financial crisis was coming and they needed to set up all of their world world government, world financial system, world banking system. And so now this is why it's pretty easy for me to predict the next uh, drop, uh, the next shoe is literally going to drop. The economy is going to tank and, and and all economic indicators point towards it, by the way. So I think that it's just in time, exactly what they wanted. They'll be able to, they're going to come up with some bullshit assessment so that they can go ahead without uh, the polls and the checks ratifying it. And uh, we'll get our European army and uh, all, you know, and of course, Ryanair and Apple and all these guys will be real happy because they get all the tax breaks for helping to push this through in Ireland. And everybody else gets screwed. Gitmo Nation East is now complete. Well, not quite. You still have the Poland and the Czech thing. I, I don't. I don't think it matters. I think they're just going to move move right along. I don't think. I just don't see it being a problem. Well, I, I, you're probably right. And by the way, you think that those no they missiles in Poland me. had anything to do with it? Hey, the, hey, what? You're not. Gonna, you're not going to ratify that? How about we take away these missiles, Poland? How do you feel now, bitch? So I guess the Polanski thing's still going on. And by the way, I, there's another uh, kind of an element to it that should be mentioned. Ugh, really? We, always, we, we have, really to, have yeah, to. Because I still think it's part of a scheme to get his movie in distribution. <laughs> and you have to remember that Rahm Emanuel's brother is in the business. Oh, that's right. He's, uh, he's Ari Fleischer. He's a producer. No, he's an agent. Oh, he's an agent, right. But if he did, did the deal, here's what my, here's what my scenario is. The thing kind of boils over, 
the uh, movie gets into production. Obama pardons him. Ooh. He comes back to the United States to, you know, to Hollywood and Good then one. produces another movie here, and, that's, and then he retires. Good one. Good one. Can I just go back to uh, world finances for a moment? You apparently, yeah, I guess I have no choice. You're Robert just... Zoilich, the president of the World Bank, has said, uh, oh, by the way, we're going to run out of money in 12 months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking at the opening of the IMF and World Bank annual meetings in Istanbul, which, of course, we know how incredibly important Turkey is these days and everything, said the bank needs capital increase of as much as $11.1 billion to keep functioning. He said he really hoped that its shareholders, including the U.K. and other leading nations, would decide on resources before its spring meeting next April. This is uh, the redistribution of the wealth on a grand scale is what this is. And meanwhile, the SDRs keep cropping up. This will be our new form of currency, it seems, as uh, as that's what the, uh, the G20 is going to use as the world currency, the computerized currency, special drawing rights. And no one's really saying anything. It's like, hey, yeah, you know, you know, I think it's really a good idea. We should all have, you know, like one kind of money and, and, all, and all the banks should be working together. Yeah, this is really good. All the central banks should really be colluding together. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Hey, let's go to Macy's. So the uh, Japanese finance minister from the last party yeah. killed himself. Well, I don't think that's uh, what we knew. He Let's just call it suicided. This was the guy who was drunk at that. Uh, Supposedly at the, drunk. I think he was drugged. Yeah. Well, they tried then and they didn't get away with it. He, or didn't take enough of his cold medicine or whatever. Yeah, I know. I think you're right. It's really dangerous to be in international finance. We cannot say it often enough. Kids, if you're studying to go into international finance, stop. You might as well just stop. You, you, you have a likelihood of dying between your 40th and 50th birthday if you know too much. Yeah, apparently. So, uh, yeah, I know that first. The guy was known for being, you know, kind of a sober character. And then he <laughs> all of a sudden he shows up drunk, drunk and drugged and, and babbling. I mean, the thing that was the giveaway wasn't most people when they're drunk, there's a there's a, like they're just drunk. I mean, you know, they, they they slur their words and they have all these issues, but they don't talk about, you know, strange, you know, it's not hallucinating. So he's dead now. Yeah. Yeah, it happens to the best of them. All around that between 40 and 50. He may have been, he seems like he was probably closer to 50. But uh, yeah, he's dead in bed. Yeah, and just his wife wakes up. Oh, he's dead. Okay. Right. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the biggest hoodwink, I would have to say, of, uh, of the past month was uh, this whole bullshit trip Obama made to Copenhagen. Well, everyone's like, oh, yes, he's going to. And of course, Fox News jumps on this. And this was the big Fox News distraction this week is, uh, you know, don't don't look at what's happening with the Lisbon Treaty. Don't look at what's happening in Europe. Please don't don't look at anything. Don't look at the finance minister. No, because Obama is trying to get the Olympics to come to Chicago. Um, but I really don't believe it had anything to do. I think it was a diversionary tactic. Uh, there are reports that he stopped off in Russia on the way to Copenhagen. There are reports from where? From, I looked from, up from this Russia. Data. From Russia. 
you you found some inf- information on the web somehow that he stopped in Russia? Yes. I did the timings on this, by the way. It takes up seven hours and 55 minutes from Washington, D.C. to Copenhagen. It takes 11 hours, 11 and a half hours to get to Moscow, which, which means there's about four hours to get to Copenhagen from Moscow. But you'd think that, you know, there's international traffic control. There's all these things. I don't know. I guess you can well, get in and not, out. Not, normally, I would say, okay, highly unlikely, John, except we know that um, Netanyahu did a secret mission to go visit Putin. It was denied, and oh no, it's not possible. And then they, you know, they found some records, and they uh, and they got a couple of flight logs somehow. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh well, no shit, busted. You got us. Yeah, he made a secret visit over to Putin. So why is it unthinkable? It's just not. And I don't think, you know, we would have to really look at the departure logs of Air Force One. And by the way, who says that he wasn't actually on the plane with Michelle Obama that went over a day ahead of time? Who knows? I don't know this. I know they don't keep us apprised of his timeline very well. Of course they don't. Now, uh, I was thinking about this this possibility. First of all, I think it's possible that looking at what timelines we do have available, it's possible that, and what is Obama, what is Michelle going over there on a separate plane for anyway? That, that was the diversionary tactic. Obama went over a day before on that plane. It's something, it's something, there's something about it. For that very reason, it's all suspicious. And there's also, he also had a meeting with the guy from Afghanistan in the plane. There's some photos of that. And, um, they brought. He was in London, I guess, at a seminar, and uh, the, yeah, the whole thing is kind of funky. But it would. It, what, what the only reason I'm kind of might maybe buying your theory here is because uh, he shows up at the Olympic thing. He only spent an hour, and he apparently, according to the people that were at the committee, they said he was. They 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 thought he was rude the way he came in and made yeah, his presentation. He came, he came in really late and bopped out after an hour. Right? That was he was in and out. Yeah, he was in and out. So in other words, he spent all the $1.5 million supposedly to take that plane to uh, Copenhagen and back uh, in costs of all the extra people and all the things you have to do. And, and I guess they have to pay Denmark some money for all the service that they have to provide. And by anyway, the way, they, there are two Air Force Ones. Yes, there's two big jets and they fly both of them usually. And... Uh, so it goes. He goes over there, and for one hour, and then jumps back in his plane, and comes back. It does. You're right. I mean, it would make it if you're going to go. No this sense. is like when I travel, for example. So I say, say I had a speech to give in Paris. I am not going to go fly to Paris and then fly back and kill myself. If I'm going to be in Paris, I'm going to find other, while I'm there, I might as well do some other things since I'm there. I don't go there all the time. Well, and, so, do, and doesn't he take every single opportunity wherever he goes to go make a little public appearance, do a little thing, do a little thing here, do a little thing there? No, he didn't take any of that time as usual. Why? Because he went to see Putin. It may have been on the way back. That's also possible. You know, because there was just too many planes, too many things going on, and there was a whole bunch of distractions here at home, uh, i.e. the the, uh, Roman Polanski thing. There's a lot of stuff going on, and people aren't paying attention to that. The press certainly isn't paying attention to it. And we have all these, you know, know, most Americans, smoke comes out of their ear when they try to figure out the time zone difference for making a freaking international phone call, let alone try and figure out flight schedules and when someone might have landed. Okay, so let's say, what would he go to Russia for? He would go to Russia to uh, basically... I think there's more than one answer. Well, okay, the answer, I think, is that 
um, he's basically asking for help because the military, look, the, the, the CIA, the military, it's all in total disarray. I, I, I think you and I pretty much agree that the CIA is against Obama. And he, and he put this, you know, this kind of like uber control above all of the agencies. Uh, no one knows where they get their money from, except, of course, from the drugs, which are flowing from Afghanistan. Um, and now the, uh, and the, uh, the troops on the ground who are running the drugs back from Afghanistan to the U.S., which funds the CIA, um, they're asking for more troops. They want 40,000 more, and, you know, and, and, and there's like no decisions are being made. And there was a meeting uh, on Wednesday with, uh, let me see, there was some meeting going on with all the top of the military, and I, don't, and I think Obama was like, there was some anger somewhere. Just let me see if I, there's a AP news report. Um, but you know that what's leaking out is that the, uh, the the commanders on the ground have asked for more troops, and the president says he hasn't even had time to read the report. You know, I think he's he went to Russia and said, "Dude, help me! I need some help here." I li- I, I really do. I mean, there's been all this cozying up to Russia anyway. And I think well, he, he basically said, dude, I, I, I got no power. I need some help over here. That's, you know, I'm not going to say it's not a possibility. I think if he was going to go to Russia, it would have something to do with the Iran situation, the fact that the Israeli guys are going to Russia. I think it's just a part of a, something, something weird is going to happen. Well, don't forget we have that, uh, that John Perry uh, article. About the bloodless coup, about the army taking over. I mean, why would this guy write it if he if he didn't have some kind of information? The guy's clearly an insider. So maybe there's something going on. Maybe there really is. Yeah, well, something's up. It's weird. I mean, there's too much, you know, this this trip to Copenhagen was a joke. I mean, and of course, the right-wingers, instead of concentrating on anything else, they just concentrate on the waste of money. So all the right-wing talk shows, and then they were happy you didn't get the... the, the uh, by the way, there was a funny press briefing on C-SPAN with the State Department, and one of the reporters asked the uh, the, uh, the State Department official about the Olympic bid, and, and do we think we were humiliated by the fact that we came in last... <laughs> In the voting, yeah. and then you think it was part of the TS, you know, because our TSA is so strict and it's so hard to get into the country that we're, oh, we're not we're not friendly. And the guy says, "Well, he says I don't think it's that." But he went on and on. And then he turns over to his assistant, who says, "Oh wait, no, we didn't come in last. We came in fourth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. How many people were? How many countries were contenders? Uh, four. <laughs> <coughs> that's all right, Timmy. You didn't come in last. You came in fourth. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Time once again. As it looks like, um, we've got the first shipments of the H1N1 flu vaccine expected in Los Angeles in just one week from now. And this will be the, uh, the nasal spray, the nasal version of uh, of the uh, of the vaccine which uh, is just all of a sudden cropped up I, I had no idea. I thought vaccines were always administered. No, this nasal uh, administration has is nothing new, but it did just crop up. Yeah, all of a sudden, like a, a couple of weeks ago, you never heard of it. There are people talking about adjuvants, and we're talking this on, and we're reading as much as we can on it. We're looking at all the research and everything in between, and then all of a sudden, this stuff shows up on the market, huh? Yeah, and and there was a unfortunately. 
there was, I think it was on, what was it? Uh, I don't remember which day it was now. Maybe it was Friday. There was supposed to be a live White House um, chat with video, and Sibelius was supposed to be on on this live video. And I'm like, yeah, okay, 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm sitting there, and the thing's just not loading. And, you know, and I, so I start Twittering about it, and everyone, you know, everyone around the world is getting exactly the same uh, experience. There's no video loading. I guess they had some technical difficulties. But it was no coincidence this was happening because it was on the same day that I got a CDC alert, and they have released, uh, re- released what is known as a VIS, uh, a vaccination information statement. And you can get these at immunize.org slash VIS or through the CDC website. And uh, so I downloaded uh, the fact sheet, essentially. And there are a couple. And so you know, there's been a lot of questions about who is this for, who's supposed, who's supposed to go first, what's going to happen with this. And they have two fact sheets. One is for the um, live attenuated vaccine. That's the nasal spray. And then they have the... Uh, inactivated, which is the flu shot. Do you know what the difference is between the two? No, and I mean, I, I always thought they were all live attenuated. I thought that was the nature of these these shots. Well, okay. Well, so the well the spray vaccine is the live attenuated, and the shot is the inactive. And I'm not quite sure what that means. Mm. Uh, so there's a Somebody couple. Else, we will get a note in the mail. Yeah. So the, <laughs> yes, we will. So there's a couple different points here, and this is essentially, I guess, what the media uses, what uh, what doctors use, what everyone uses to answer all your all the questions. It's like an FAQ instead of a VI, a VIS. It's an FAQ. Uh, so there's, uh, I'll just read through a couple of the headlines and then get to the good stuff. So what is the H1N1 uh, influenza? Um, they say. 2009 H1N1 influenza, sometimes called swine flu, was caused by a new strain of influenza virus. It has spread to many countries. Great. Most people feel better within a week, but some people get pneumonia or other serious illnesses. Some people have to be hospitalized and some die. (laughs) That's like, nice. How is it different from uh, regular seasonal flu? I'll skip that. Uh, Now the vaccine. Vaccines are available to protect against 2001 H1N1 influenza. These vaccines are made just like seasonal flu vaccines, a lie. They are expected to be as safe and effective as seasonal flu vaccines, a lie. They will not prevent influenza-like illnesses caused by other viruses, probably true. So here's what you need to know. Children through nine years of age should get two doses of the vaccine about one month apart. Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop, stop. If it's just like the seasonal flu vaccine, then, which covers four, uh, thank which, you, John, which covers four, yep. four different versions of the flu every time they 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 formulate it, then why would you need twice as much if it's exactly the same? Well, here we go. So this vaccine is approved from people two through forty nine years of age who are not pregnant and do not have certain health conditions. See number five. We'll get to that in a second. Groups recommended to receive the vaccine are healthy people who are from ages two through twenty four and are from twenty five through forty nine years of age. That's like basically saying the same as two through 50. I don't know why they separated out. <laughs> Maybe if you're 24 and a half, you know. 
As more vaccines become available, other healthy 25 through 49-year-olds should also be vaccinated. Oh, if, if you're 25 through 49 and you live with, live with or care for infants younger than six months of age or are health care or emergency medical personnel, you need to get it. Now, this is a great one. The federal government is providing this vaccine for receipt on a voluntary basis. However, state law or employers may require vaccination for certain persons. Says it right there. State law. So your state, like New Jersey, which is now mandating all children be vaccinated, otherwise no school for you. State law can uh, mandate it. Um, and here's the uh, here's a good one. Vaccine injury compensation. If you or your child has a reaction to the vaccine, your ability to sue is limited by law. Just so you know that it's really true, the shit that we've been saying all this time. And this is this is a real giveaway. Some people who should not get the vaccine or should wait. So first of all, if you have a severe, which means life-threatening allergy to eggs or any other substance in the vaccine, okay, because they're made in eggs, I guess, even though we spent a couple billion on non-egg development, uh, should not be given to the following groups. Children younger than two, adults 50 years or older. John, you're in the clear. Pre- yes. Pregnant women should not receive the vaccine. Okay? Now, there's been a lot of talk about them that they should be receiving it, in fact, even first. So they should not. Anyone with a weakened immune system, anyone with long-term health problems, and they list a couple of them, children younger than five years with asthma, Anyone with certain muscle or nerve disorders and blah, 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 blah. Tell your, here, <laughs> it's almost like a, like an ad. Tell your doctor if you've ever had a, a life threatening allergic reaction after a dose of seasonal flu vaccine or here it comes, Guillain Barre syndrome. Guillain. Yeah, that one. If you've had that, you should tell your doctor. Usually your doctor would have known at some point. So, um, so I went to my doctor and he said, uh, I said, what do you think about this flu shot? He says, I think the, I think Americans are over vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> You've been over vaccinated. Move but along, he please. does. He did bring something up that apparently, you know, he's like I wouldn't say he's a hippie doctor, but, you know, he's uh, uh, he's into alternative everything. And um, he's a good doctor. But he says the latest thing going on. And you just kind of mentioned it, and I started researching it. I haven't quite researched it enough to, to make any, to, to get, get any really good links. He says the hot thing going on right now is, the, uh, is this vitamin D3 therapy. Well, yeah, the, 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 I think we even talked about this on the show, that people who get a lot of vitamin D, which is basically sunshine, is the best uh, source of vitamin D, that they will probably not even get the swine flu at all. But D three in huge doses. They're, they keep testing the, the you know the, the, the toxicity levels of D three. Turns out to be extremely high. He said that in my case, uh, he says typically if he has a on, feeling the onset of the flu, he'll take one hundred thousand IU's. I'm not recommending this for anybody, by the way. I'm just telling you what he told me. One hundred thousand IU's for three days, and it'll knock it out. He says since since I'm I'm kind of a big guy, I, I could easily take one fifty. Which I thought was semi insulting, but besides that, <laughs> yeah, uh, you have, but the but the problem is if you go to Costco, the typical D threes are uh, four hundred a pill, which means you have to take two bottles of wow. the stuff, 
And you have to be careful that you don't have the ones with the vitamin A in it. You have to get pure D3. And so he tossed me a bottle of 5,000 uh, IUD3, which apparently that one bottle will carry. You just use the whole bottle up over three days and you... you it's 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 a it's a thought that's going. It's the meme amongst these sorts of doctors who are always looking for some way not to give themselves another flu shot. Well, I'm sure that will be outlawed soon enough. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it will. Yeah, of course it will. This is that you know. I'll say it again. The Codex Alimentarius. They're going to outlaw all of these supplements, all vitamins. If there's not if they're not FDA approved, you won't be able to take them. Oh, that'll happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it, um, there's a great movie that uh, Christina and I saw uh, Friday night, which uh, kind of plays along with this. It's Zombieland with Woody Harrelson. Yeah, how is that? Very funny. So the idea is uh, mad cow disease morphed into mad human disease <laughs> and then made everybody zombies. And, of course, you know the rule of zombies. If you get bitten by a zombie, then you turn into a zombie. And yeah, everyone, everyone knows everyone that. Everyone knows that. Uh, funny. Very, very funny movie. If if you just want to go see some gratuitous violence and funny stuff. And Bill Murray in this movie is awesome. And you didn't even know he was in there. So it's kind of a spoiler. Yeah, well, Murray and, and Harrelson worked together before in uh, Kingpins, which is one of the weirdest funny movies ever. A guy, it's a guy's movie, though. Women all find the movie distasteful. Yeah. No, well, this was uh, Christina and I both were vibing on this movie. It was definitely good. Uh, so by the way, I didn't make a clip of this where I got a couple more clips I like to play, but I didn't make a clip of this, but because it was kind of boring, but somebody did burn me on Twitter that knowing that I saw it, which was in the last episode of, uh, law and order this week, uh, the chief, the, the woman who runs the department, the police department, uh, she's the head squad leader or the sergeant, I don't know what she is, what her title Specifically, she's the, the supervisor. She's in with her doctor, and her doctor's telling her that she's got the uh, papilloma virus. Oh no! You're kidding me. <laughs> she's got it. <laughs> oh no! And then they have a long discussion about well, you could have gotten vaccinated. You, you could have been saved. <laughs> well, that's you know, it's just exploiting. Uh, I mean, that is, tell people again how, how expensive is that vaccination? I believe it's three hundred and fifty a shot, and it's a, it's a series of three. You get two at the doctor, and I've heard some reports where the doctor says, "Hey, here's a syringe. Do your last one at home. Uh, go ahead, self medicate yourself." But we got a uh, we got a Twitter from someone who received a marketing package hung on their doorknob at their dorm in college. And this package, I mean, it was beautiful. It had the spin wheel in there to determine if you were right for the vaccine. It had fold-outs, And everything outs, on the wheel said in. yes. Yeah, you. <laughs> yes, you. And uh, we thought somewhere between 5 and 10 bucks a pop to make this, uh, to make this particular packet. I mean, it's, abs- it's gorgeous. And it's, you know, it's encased in plastic. And so, yeah, this is a huge moneymaker for Cerevix. I think it's Cerevix and Gardasil. Yeah, Gardasil. I think that was a Gardasil one, wasn't it? Whatever the case is, it's, you know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, and I don't... I'm thinking that, you know, NBC Universal is is not the network that's kicking butt. And they have a lot of drug commercials on that network. And it seems to me that somebody says, can you help us? It's product placement, John. No, it's not just can you help me. It's product placement. There's no difference between that and uh, the cups of Coke... Uh, and on American Idol, there's no difference. They just write it right in. Yeah, 
And let's face it, the writers are like, man, finally, another storyline. We were kind of out of ideas anyway. This is a good one. Let's take that. That's excellent. little follow-up on um, Hardin, Montana, where apparently they, a police force has descended upon the prison there. And uh, some interesting research has been done about the leader of the APF, which you can find, interestingly, at, it's not American Police Force, but AmericanPoliceGroup.com. Michael Hilton is uh, the guy's name who runs this outfit. And uh, so he has quite a rap sheet. Uh, 14 felonies, uh, 10 counts of grand theft, one count of attempted grand theft, three counts of diversion of constru- uh, construction funds. That's according to Orange County uh, court records. Sentenced to two years in prison. Although, of course, unclear how much time he served. And then we connected some interesting dots. Someone Twittered you that their coat of arms, their shield, if you will, because, of course, they have, they have to have a great emblem. And you've got to take a look at this website for this, for this outfit because they do everything from hostage negotiations to international protection, a la Blackwater. Um, someone pointed out that their coat of arms looked like, uh, was it a, a Bosnian coat of arms? Serbia. Serbia. I'm sorry, Serbia. And it turns out in some of this research that uh, this guy Hilton, that his real name... Um, or that is, let's say, he legally changed his name to Michael Hilton, but he has used aliases of Midraglia Dokovic and Michael Miodrag. And it turns out that uh, this guy was some kind of a warlord in the former Yugoslavic Republic. <laughs> so this guy is just is like a, a thug. <laughs> He's a thug. He's a thug with, with all kinds of ambitions. I mean, this guy... Jeez, I mean, it's unbelievable how far some people can get when they just have, when they're just focused. Yeah, yeah, that that's interesting. You say that, but yeah, you can kind of do everything if you're really focused on it, even if you're like a warlord and a and a con <laughs> and a con, and you've been arrested a million times and you're out. And were you following this um, uh, this exercise the military did in uh, where the hell was that in? Uh, Newton. Uh, well, now I can't find out what state this was. It's Newton, Massachusetts? No, it wasn't. Uh, it's only Newton I know of offhand. In a matter of hours, hundreds of soldiers will converge. This was uh, Wednesday, I think, Tuesday even, will converge on Obion County. Soldiers from the U.S. Army's 101st Airborne Division, based at oh, uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, are scheduled, yeah, Kentucky, are scheduled to arrive starting this afternoon. An impressive convoy of military vehicles complete with helicopters flying overhead that will travel along Kentucky's Purchase Parkway, cross the state line into Obion County. At press time, estimated the convoy would start arri- arriving between 1 and 2 p.m. 300 soldiers in total will be in and around Troy all day Wednesday for a special training mission that will help prepare them for real combat scenarios in Kentucky, apparently. The action is set to start. Caravan of about 50 military vehicles roll into the Duggar family farm near Troy to set up camp. It's just kind of weird that they're setting up these huge... I mean, don't we have, like, Afghanistan to do that shit? Can we go train them for real over there? Why do we have to train in Kentucky? Just to show a show of power. Yeah, I think you're right. To wow the locals. Yeah, there was an opportunity to view the helicopters that afternoon. But I don't know. 
Well, this is, you know, this militarization of the country's mentality. I mean, like I'm reminded of the football game I mentioned before that I went to some weeks back. And in the, during the halftime, they, this is at the University of California, which is normally, except that they've, you know, they basically made everyone docile there by getting rid of the, the, students that you know would would protest and they were they were swearing in a bunch of kids into the army in the middle of the field what what they did the swearing in right there during the game before the game no at the halftime ceremony they were watching Christ. the game and they had you know the band comes up boom 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 then they go back and forth and back and forth and then the, then the b- bunch of military guys come out with a bunch of kids who are wearing their civil you know the civilian clothes you know the kids with the shorts and they just look Wait, like man, a bunch what, of but was this an army navy game or what was this no it was a game against University of California versus Maryland well this is not okay and so they march these kids out, and then they make them, give them the oath, you know, they, the oath that they have to say, and they're all doing it in unison. And, and then the kids, they march them off the field, and everyone cheers. Wow. And then, and then when we see pictures of, of China, who had their, uh, their big celebration, their, uh, what is it, 60, 60th anniversary of something? And, uh, we, and we have the revolution of the revolution. Right. And we see all the Chinese soldiers lined up. We're all freaked out. Oh, no. Oh, no. They've got an army and they can stand in an exact straight line. But meanwhile, we're doing exactly the same thing during our football games. Chinese, I, I by was, the way, I was appalled by it. I, I mean, I don't it, care it, if it, people want to join the appalling. army, but what is the point of doing this in the middle of a football game? It's a propagandistic thing. It, it is. It, it is appalling, John. I, I, I agree with you. And by the way, the Chinese, uh, they use some special, uh, some special weather systems to make it a beautiful day. Did you hear yeah, about the, that? Yeah, they they're using, they're really going crazy with the silver iodide over there. You think it's not uh, cloud busting? You don't think it's uh, orgone, <laughs> orgone machines? <laughs> it's, it's silver iodide is what they do. I've ordered, I've ordered my materials. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've ordered my if stuff. If you do something wrong, you're going to end up like a, rith- a withered, <laughs> uh, you know, person. You're going to look like uh, uh, Mr. Burns on the on the Simpsons. Okay. It'll be Buzzkill and the other Buzzkill. <clears throat> <laughs> Two Buzzkills. That's no good. We can't have that. The uh I'm going to call it again a run on the banks. I'm just going to call it because it's getting it's heating up this uh FDIC borrowing money from the banks. There's more art. Now the Times is writing about it. Um, so here are the numbers. The FDIC is essentially in the hole for about $4 trillion. So that's our money, right? That, that's the guarantee of our money should a bank go down the tubes that the government will guarantee your deposit, uh, previously up to 100000 now up to $250,000. Um, so they don't have the money. And they are, by law, if I'm reading this article properly, by law, they're allowed to borrow from the Treasury $100 billion immediately and up to $500 billion with the approval of the Treasury Secretary and the Federal Reserve. But still, you're like, you know, 75% short. Um, And so now they're going back to the banks, who essentially have our money in the first place, which we gave them, and they're going to borrow that. And they don't even have to put it on the books. This is the best thing. <laughs> the back, the, here, uh, Didn't you bring this up on Thursday? Isn't this a rerun? Yeah, but 
Yeah, but this is now in the New York Times, and now we're getting more details. Now we have the actual numbers. It's really happening. And this is exactly you know, why the FDIC is in place, which is supposed to be this. I'm just, yeah, I am repeating myself. You're right. It's exactly why I'm doing it. It's because this is what happened in the 1930s. There was <laughs> a run on the bank. Are you supposed to sound the horn when you do that? Yeah, no problem. Here we go. Created in 1933 to restore confidence and arrest a wave of bank runs that contributed to the Great Depression, the insurance fund now stands behind some $4.8 trillion in deposits. Unfortunately, there is no money. <laughs> so, so when your bank goes down, at best, inflation is going to go up because the Fed will have to print more money to give it back to you. I, you know what? You know what I'm doing tomorrow? I'm running on my own bank. How's our bank? Do you think our bank will be okay, John? Yeah, you know our bank is the uh, bank with the little with the letter or with the little. Uh, for one thing, they didn't do a bunch of mortgages. They never got involved in that scam. Right. And they have a little, I got the biggest kick out of going in there, and there's a little uh, newspaper article saying, you know, our bank, which I won't, you know. Don't mention, don't mention it. Uh, refuses to take (laughs) the government's uh, bailout. We we don't need it. So um, here's what I recommend. Since uh, there's going to be this huge run on the bank, since we will be basically buying bread with with wheelbarrows full of money, Please send us money this week because now it actually means something. Now we can still actually use that money, like getting a manager to run the stream, etc. And you tell me if in the next week, I'll, I'll make this deal with you. If in the next week you hear anywhere on any mainstream uh, news outlet, CBS, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, Fox News, if they actually mentioned anything about your money, your money in your bank account being unsafe, don't send us anything, okay? Because they're not going to, because that is what you get on this program and this program only. You're pounding a table? I'm pounding my laptop. Oh, geez, don't do that. So we did, we only, so because of the, the, this is how dependent we are on Apple, obviously, and I think it's, it's, it's distressing. We only had five donations over 50 bucks from, from the last show. And by the way, our show, moving ahead, we're exposing some really interesting things, and then all of a sudden, Apple decides to show a 404 on our feed. Coincidence? I think not! So let's at least mention our, our friends here. Sterling Ellsworth, $77.77 from Santa Barbara. Matthew Fannin in Lexington, Kentucky, 53. I think he's given us money a couple of times now. We do have some regulars who seem to you know, come up every couple of months and give us more like Liam Hemmings in Buckinghamshire, UK, 75. I think it's Buckinghamshire. Buckinghamshire, right. I don't think you say Shire. I think it's Shire. Yeah, right, right. Buckinghamshire. 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 Yeah. Robert Slate, S-L-A-G-H-T. I think it's Slight or Slight, Slate. In Queen... What a name of a town. Queen Creek, Arizona. $100. Thank you. And Matthias Merkett, or Merkett, uh, $69.95. And he's in Rothmünster, Deutschland. So we do have uh, overseas listeners. Excellent. Thank you. Now, I want to mention that... Uh, Jer- that was it? That, that's what came in? That's it. Oh, jeez. And by the way, you know, a, a lot of times I'll take... Uh, money in our PayPal account, and I'll give it to other sites that have donate uh, donation buttons as well because they're doing good reporting. 
Um, and so we, we donate back to sites all around the internet. You know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, like a system. It kind of works. Except we don't have derivatives and we don't lie about your money being safe when it's not really safe. So uh, the guy in the Holland, White Rabbit, now, can you pronounce his name for us? J-E-R-O-E-N. Jeroen. Jeroen Mulman, M-E-U-L-M-A-N. Melman. Melman. Jeroen Melman. Jeroen Melman. He, it's a good thing you're here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I knew there was a point. <laughs> <laughs> He said that he, when he, he gave us that weird amount, $50 plus $25, he says the $25 was on behalf of that crackpot that keeps harassing the show. We have a... We have a uh, oh, a uh, troll? We have a troll. Yeah. And uh, anyway, yeah, that's the best we could do. I would hope some people would uh, give us a better hand. But again, if nobody's listening to the show, my wife's listening to Mike Michelle Malkin. Malkin. And and but it wouldn't make any difference because she takes the show off of iTunes, so she wouldn't be able to get the show anyway. Yeah, it really sucks. Let me. Uh, have you checked if uh, if we're back up? Uh, no, I haven't checked because I take direct links. I don't use iTunes much. Yeah. But because I don't trust it. But there is but, there, there is a lot of downloads that come through iTunes. I'll tell you that it's it's uh, it's pretty significant. And you, and yeah, you get, well, to the point that we got five lousy donations, I would hope people would go to noagendashow.com or dvorak.org slash NA and uh, give us a hand this next week so we can kind of make up for this this last week, which was terrible. Let me just see if uh, if the feed is responding again in the iTunes store. Hold on a second. No agenda. Yeah, I hit subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. What does it say? I hate how iTunes works. No, then you get it's a shame that yeah. Then you got to go back and you got to go no agenda. You got where is it? Uh, still not working. Crap! I hate that. Here it is. Mevio.com slash four hundred four dot php could not be found on the server. These guys are caching everything. So somewhere there's a hiccup, you know, whatever happens, which it happens from time to time. It's the internet, right? So shit just happens. And so maybe they got a 404. Maybe we fucked up. It doesn't matter. We've checked everything a million times. You know, all of our shit is right. We know what feed URL has been submitted. We send messages to everybody. You know, we're, we're a supposed partner of Apple. We're one of the four companies the only commercial one that has its own page that we have tools to manage on itunes yeah we can't get the fucking time of day when it comes to it like a serious problem this is a big show for mevio when it comes to search traffic yeah of course they don't yeah, make- if you type in mevio you'll find our show shows up at the top of yeah. a google search yeah this is, a, this is a huge deal and so what do we get no love so which leads me to think that there's maybe there's something more going on i don't know it's possible yeah, I mean, hell yeah, it's face, possible. Because, you know, let's face it, this show is a nuisance show. <laughs> yeah, we are quite irritating. Let's be <laughs> honest about it. <laughs> and now, back to real news. Right, on the cusp, uh, another hero bites the dust, John. This is very sad real news. A Chicago-area man was arrested at O'Hare Airport. Michael David Barrett arrested Friday night as he arrived on a flight from Buffalo, New York. He faces federal charges of interstate stalking for taping surreptitious nude videos of ESPN reporter Aaron Andrews. 
Man, they went through all that trouble to track this guy down? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. They, they got him. The Damn. feds went after him because of the Aaron Andrews, the, the who cares, Aaron Andrews uh, uh, Google post? Or not, yeah, YouTube no. post? Yeah. No, that's not possible. Yes. We <laughs> had better things to do with our money. Andrew thanked FBI agents and federal prosecutors for their work on the arrest. It's like this is more important to her than uh, rolling up a terror cell. It's like you have really saved humanity. For my part, she says, I will make every effort to strengthen the laws on state and federal level to better protect victims of criminal stalking. Was she being stalked or was this just a, a goofy video the guy wanted to make? And if he was stalking her, how come he's in Chicago? I don't know. I, I, I don't make it up. I just report the news. Barrett made a reservations at a Milwaukee hotel where she stayed in July 2008. They found her door's peephole similarly rigged. So there was a, it was a reverse peephole. Yeah. Amazing. How do you do that, though? I mean, can you, can you move the peephole from the outside? Or oh, I, get... I seriously doubt that. So he has to get in the room somehow. Yeah. Which is probably not that hard. Well, maybe. Huh. Well, whatever the case is, it seems like a waste of resources. Unless the guy was a genuine stalker and it was like like a problem. But then again, this sounds like a you know interstate uh, you know crime task force event. Well, I thought he was onto something there. <laughs> yeah, <right. I'm> sorry. <laughs> we never got to Letterman. I don't care. We did so much uh, mainstream stuff. I don't care. And I think the whole Letterman thing was just another distraction so we wouldn't notice that Obama was going to Russia. We didn't get to the Lieberman clips. And we didn't get to the fact that uh, the United States paid off one of the original witnesses in convicting uh, McGrahi, the Lockerbie uh, bomber who was set free. Oh, they did? Yeah, three three million dollars. Hey, that's a way to get a witness. Huh. Yeah. No, I, I think we've pretty much covered it, John. You know, All I, right. Well, I would advise people to go to the noagendashow.com and dvork.org slash NA and help us out this week since we're, we uh, can't seem to get on iTunes. And this is killing us. Yeah, we're, uh, we're seriously behind. Oh, and hey, by the way, can't we, aren't we eligible for a podcast award, John? Yeah. What, what award are you thinking of? Well, uh,. Let's see. It won't be best produced. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. People's choice. People's. That's an idea. We probably have enough people to, you know, promote that. I think uh, voting opens today. So uh, where? At uh, podcastawards.com. Okay. Hook a brother up. All right. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, under threat of eminent domain, unfair abuse of. I'm Adam Curry. And still reeling from the miserable football game that crummy Cal Bears gave us. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again Thursday right here on No Agenda.